0: And welcome to So You Think That Was Good Do You, a podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of the universes. Spoopy season continues this week with It Part 2, 1990. It's been a month since we did... The first part. My name is Evan. I am joined by Carl. All of this is out of order, and I'm really freaking out right now. The budget of this movie was twelve million dollars, which becomes all too clear in the the ending of this episode or movie, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely awful stuff. But let's get there. And I'm uh, fine. By going back and asking <laughs> Carl if he's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, i'm very happy to know the budget of the movie Just for just mixing it up on me there
0: we've become too structural so i thought i'd take the exact same structure and just mess it up a bit you're good cold
1: i am so cold mate it's very cold this is the sequel to the ring from a few weeks ago where i complained about how hot i was someone was listening and i'm very sorry it is now six degrees
0: Ooh, i am layered up i've got two pairs of socks on I suppose it isn't too insane, but I have two beers of pajamas on as well, which is a little insane. I'm
1: just going to wrap myself around this coffee mug and you can just <laughs> talk at me for an hour and a half.
0: Okay, then strap in, wrap around, drink up. The plot set up for this second episode is, 30 years later, the Losers Club must return to Derry when Pennywise returns, facing it one last time. Uh, we don't need to comment on that, but I suppose catching you up on an hour and a half worth of content or you could go back and listen to the last episode we might as well just get straight into it because
1: i was gonna say that was a pretty distance. empty plot or not but pretty much sums up everything we saw to be fair yep. <laughs> i feel like a lot of effort went into writing part one and then they realized they were on a time schedule and just had to and then they come back and ride about on a bike for a bit oh we're gonna get to fight, that <laughs> fight it the end
0: so we we joined back in, uh, we ended the last episode with Stu killing himself because he could not deal with the phone call from, uh, Mike. <laughs> so many fucking well, At tarichers. least you got Mike right, because
1: who the fuck is Stu? <laughs> is that not his name? <laughs> so Stan kills himself, everybody.
0: Stan. God, who cares? After
1: the uh, phone call from Marlon. Yeah. Um... <laughs>
0: And this episode begins with an adult Bill visiting the grave of his little brother Georgie in Derry. Bill is like apologising for forgetting about Georgie dying. And then he has a sort of an encounter with Pennywise, who's digging a bunch of graves. One of them's already filled. That's Stew's. And this is like the, the next 40, 50 minutes of this episode, is people arriving back in Derry, seeing Pennywise, and then where this episode should have started, which is 50 minutes in, then they start gearing up to, to fight yeah, I Pennywise.
1: Think, I think for the first one, we described it as the whole thing being like the start of a heist movie or I described it that way where Mike's just building the team slowly getting everyone together but then the second half of the movie is just introducing the team <laughs> Mike's got them together and now we need to get to know them all over again. (laughs) Painfully
0: true. Bill goes to the library where he knows uh, Mike works. And on the way in, he like guffaws over a little section dedicated to all his books. It's very self-indulgent of Stephen King. And he meets up with Mike. They discuss the past. And essentially this this whole setup is like the memory slowly coming back to, to Bill. He still doesn't quite remember everything. But this is just a place of more flashbacks to happen and them to remember stuff to that's going to help them fight pennywise later you would think but we'll put a pin in that <laughs> mike takes bill back to his house and to his shed and he reunites bill with his old bike silver which i do not remember from the first half of this movie was it part of it or is this something new we're, we're being told to accept oh,
1: See, the problem is that between the book and the more recent movies I'm so aware that there is a bike that I couldn't tell you if it was in part one of this or not. From
0: my perspective, this bike comes out of nowhere. (laughs) In many ways, more surprising than the antagonist of this movie because I've never heard of this bike.
1: Yeah, Mike has just never moved on at all. He's just collecting bits from the past, just refusing to forget what's happened while everyone else has just completely blocked it out. I also love that Mike lives in poor town and Bill is so happy to point that out that's what we called it this was poor town this is where the poor people lived in poor town oh you oh you live here okay
0: but mike doesn't mind he's just like i'm a bachelor i've got all this space to myself i'm as happy as can be until later on when he tells us that he wanted to commit suicide 10 years ago but yeah his 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 whole well the the great way they sum it up later is that that he says that he's a lighthouse keeper he's just been staying in town to keep a, a watchful eye out for it and actually, I think Mike's my favourite character in this. I think he's the most relatable. He's not as insane as everybody else all over the place, aside from collecting his buddy's bike from an antique shop. But he mentioned something here, which I found kind of interesting, because we touched on it in the last episode. He says that he believes there was some force that's like part of the town that was bonding them together, that like forced them together. I just wondered what your thoughts were on it, because obviously it's not Pennywise and we're not aware of anything else in the town. Not yet, anyway, not this far into the movie. Later on, it's kind of implied that the the, the town of Derry itself has its own kind of power on the town.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I noticed that as well. Yeah, He refers to some power that speaks to yeah. them in some way and drew them together, and that's what kept them safe because he felt compelled to buy something, that's I think, it. that was related to bike repair. A week the- before he found the bike in a shop. In a tube, yes. Yeah, yeah. And no, yeah, I was I can't remember this being an actual thing. Unless it's the weird space turtle we were discussing before. Yes, yeah, so maybe that's episode a, started.
0: A good place to mention it, because I don't know if I'll be able to edit all that waffle in. But essentially oh, Please there is do not mention that <laughs> older entity than it, which is a giant space turtle that maybe is good. Benevolent? I I don't know. But what I read on the internet just now was that on a day the turtle was feeling sick, the turtle puked into the emptiness of space, and that is our galaxy. So I I don't think the turtle cares too much about seven kids.
1: (laughs) Seven kids playing around in his pile of sick. No. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. That's like you really caring about seven little chunks of sweet corn. (laughs) I've got to bring these guys back together.
1: (laughs) We... But yeah, it just, it's an interesting thought, but I think it's more just this whole child life belief and imagination that brought them back together. Mike buying an inner tube, I have no idea, but he's not exactly completely sane. So he's probably got a whole shed full of shit he hasn't needed, but this one thing he did.
0: I think this is an example of many things, which I think I'm going to touch on quite a few times in this episode, that Stephen King thought and wrote down because they sounded really cool, but then he never touches on them again. And then being a group, it is kind of mentioned a few times, like later on when Bev talks about cleaning up the blood in her house, and then it comes back the first time, but when they clean it up together, it doesn't come back. So it's kind of like implied that as a group, they have more power than being alone. But it's never explained what that other force is, other than the power of we.
1: Yeah, the po- yeah, the power of we, the power of friendship. <laughs> yeah, Pennywise, this whole thing is fear, and when you're with your friends, you tend to be a little bit braver, I guess.
0: Yeah, and in this this half of the the film, they he really harps on th- taking them out one by one, almost as if Stephen King realized that he hadn't written anything for. <laughs> we stuff so he's like okay the, the we is because he can only take them on one at a time also i loved here just to try and like enforce this whole idea bill says wait well, he states them like i i can feel it when everybody comes to town and i don't think we're all here yet but he is the first and only one to have come into town so the only thing he's saying is He arrived in town and realised he was in town (laughs) and thought that was significant.
1: He's based on Stephen King, so there might be a lot of cocaine (laughs) involved in his daily life as well. (laughs) Since I arrived here, I really feel like I'm here, you know?
0: (laughs) So that sums up the kind of conversation they're having together. And then more people start arriving into town. Richie comes first. he's like the jokester of the group. He arrives at the library looking for Mike, but obviously Mike's gone on walkabouts with Bill. And Richie has a really extended scene with Pennywise. I don't know how to describe it. A bunch of balloons come out of nowhere and start (laughs) popping in people's faces, and there's blood in them. And then Tim Curry just kind of does bits for like two to three minutes. And Richie freaks out and screams at a librarian. It's quite enjoyable, but I don't know what it's for. Because Richie still doesn't believe that Pennywise is really back after us. And he spends the most time with him out of anyone.
1: Yeah, so no no one in this library, but Richie is aware of the blood or the clown who's just reeling off gag after gag. (laughs) (laughs) Which the best I can assume from that is Richie is the comedian of the bunch. And the best I could come up with was pennywise is calling him out on the way that he deals with trauma and his difficult past is just to hide behind jokes because this isn't a continuous pennywise thing throughout that he's just gag 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 bit 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 but for this bit that's all he is doing just telling the worst jokes
0: i think you're spot on because even as richie is running out of the building pennywise does that famously bad joke about is your fridge running yeah. yeah, well, if it is, you better run after it and catch it before it runs away. Yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about it like that. I just thought it was so cringe, but that really makes sense. Yeah.
1: See, it is a good... For- no, I'm not saying that. Shut <laughs> up, Cole. But yeah, and he keeps saying, you're all too old to stop me, which really just sat in my mind for ages. Like, why does he keep saying that? Is he saying it because it's not true and he's scared? Or is there an element of truth to it? There seems to be within this version of the movie, like belief seems to be a really big that aspect of it. And maybe just adults don't believe in themselves as much as kids. They really relied on belief and imagination and beaten him last time. And this time, they're all really mentally fragile individuals.
0: I think both those statements you've just made are true. Because I was leaning towards Pennywise trying to warn them away. Because a lot of this movie he spends trying to get them to leave, rather than just killing them or ignoring them. He, even in... Th- the scene before the final scene where they fight him, he does this big monologue about, just go, please. Uh, <laughs> y- you can't win, so just just get out of here, you know? But then also, the, the whole fight scene at the end is literally what you just said about them not being able to believe enough about what they can do hurting him, so it doesn't until you get to the bit where the, the writers are like, oh, hang on then, so how do they kill him?
1: And they just kill uh, him. <laughs>
0: but we'll get to that,
1: <laughs> yeah. Slingshot 360 no-scope. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So while Bridget's having this fucking horrifying experience with Pennywise, (laughs) such a good juxtaposition, Mike and Bill are just (laughs) cycling around on the bike silver.
1: They are having... Just the best time.
0: Also, awesome. it is a different movie. They're like both just <laughs> out on the bike doing little tricks in different areas, trying to do out- outdo each other. And assumingly Mike told everyone to meet him at the library. The first guy comes and they go out and this just have this be great
1: time. A scene from a rom-com these yeah. Just having the best of times while everyone else is dealing with different amounts of blood.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I loved it. It didn't belong in this movie, but I loved it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those where you're at risk of giving too much credit to not. So I mean, it's not really a sequel, is it? It's just part two of the same thing. But what felt like a weaker sequel to the first part, which I think we both quite enjoyed. I just assumed it was the whole power of we again the fact that they have a friend for one so reminiscing for these two isn't as difficult as the other three who do it alone which we see over the next few scenes and it's just always awful
0: i think it felt so out of place though not not just because how it was filmed and what they're doing but because surely them returning to the town should mean everything gets much more miserable for them but this is such a happy-go-lucky little scene it looks genuinely nice i want to do that can we do that
1: have you ever seen butch cassidy and the Sundance kids i
0: have we cycling around outside <laughs> yeah. the house and it's a bloody jolly old time Just it looks like around
1: on a penny farthing in the middle of what is this, if i remember quite a violent western
0: yes yeah
1: yeah Just, <laughs> such an odd scene that then again man what else would you put into this movie
0: less take less, more yeah. out <laughs> so now uh more people are arriving again this time ben uh he goes straight down to the barons where he has a <laughs> very similar experience as he had when he was a kid when he saw the skeleton in the barons this time it's his father as the skeleton he's all rotted away well he saw, he saw his, he saw his father
1: didn't he in the barons last time he,
0: he did in that same position but then he saw a skeleton afterwards as well and yeah. this one mixes them together
1: it does just feel like to some extent maybe what felt weaker about this one is that Pennywise is almost out of ideas He's just in the same shit that he did to fuck with them 30 years ago when they were <laughs> children. 27 years later, he's got no new bits at all. And like every children's entertainer, he's going to get done for crimes against children soon. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think that scene goes in because Ben kind of has an interaction with a kid who's like very similar to how he was when he was a child. He helps him, he goes away and then Ben goes into town. In fact, anytime anyone has one of these experiences with Pennywise now, they don't really act on it. They just carry on as they were. It's almost like it... I think that's what's off-putting about this, is everything feels like it's just for us and the characters kind of aren't being impacted by the things that are happening to them.
1: No, there's um. it's been a while since I saw the second film, the more recent one, but they incorporate some sort of per- like individual journey they all have to go on by themselves. And that's why these moments happen. They all have to go find their token for a ritual that just doesn't exist in this version of the story. But yeah, this time it is just three adults reminiscing in the town they grew up in and seeing some yeah. stuff. Can
0: you kind of get that feeling, certainly with this one, Bev's and Eddie's, which is coming up, that they go to somewhere that had some sort of impact in them. But they not all of them link back to the first half. But let's get through us because they are piling up here.
1: I'll tell you one thing I did appreciate, that was just the fact that we've taken, what, a month since the last one? Mm. I did sort of feel like the characters in that I was watching their flashbacks and going, that happened, because none of it... I didn't remember any of the first when it turned out.
0: See, I don't think a lot of these happened. There's quite a few times where we get a flashback that has no real relevance to this part of the movie. It's just like they're trying to teach us more about the characters. But like you just said, we already did a whole first part where we were doing this why is there more of it now Yeah, we don't learn anything new about them here and they don't really change or evolve in any way it's just more of the same this is a repeat of the first one but nothing new is done for us
1: yeah although we do learn that there's just a random homeless man walking about in the woods asking for change yeah <laughs> he can't be doing much business out there how many people is he bumping into <laughs> Him and the kid. (laughs) Go into town.
0: (laughs) Well, Eddie arrives into town now where he he visits the important place of his childhood, which is the pharmacy. And he meets the the pharmacist who used to work there. He's got dementia now, so he's, he's not doing too well. But he does kind of remember Eddie and starts talking about how Eddie was being given these placebos as a kid. And you think that this is going to have some sort of impact on Eddie's story, but I'm I'm never really quite sure what this what it is because there's no resolution to Eddie thinking has he has all these ailments, and then at the end he still has all those ailments. There's still yeah, well a, a he doesn't
1: have them. Uh, yeah, well has yeah, a hypochondriac, yeah. but like the rest of them, they none of them have dealt with their issues. I guess it's, <laughs> he was told as a ten-year-old boy, you know this is bullshit, right? And even though he knows that as like a forty-year-old man, he's still using a, an inhaler full of water.
0: So what's the point of it? I, 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 I'm not asking you to answer that. I'm I asking mean, you,
1: audience. I mean, I guess I guess the point, seeing as though you're asking me, <laughs> is <laughs> that none of them have dealt with this shit. Like, they sort of did-ish in the first one, but they just kind of went, we believe this will work, we believe this will kill him, and he just kind of skulks into a hole, and they just go, we believe he's gone, and then just leave. No one checks. And they just go and realise all this stuff is still fucking with them 30 years later. The big bad is still big, bad, and alive.
0: So you think the arc would be, you know, the parallel between dealing with it, the entity, whatever it is, and then also dealing with your own it, which is the thing that's been bothering you personally all this time. But it's not. Uh, I think, think he has is, all their things. He
1: is supposed to be both those things in some way. And in dealing with him, they're dealing with it. But so in the most recent chapter two, yeah. I feel like they really delve properly into that in that they all end up being transported into weird little worlds that forces them to confront their issues where bill gets dragged back in time and he is suddenly pennywise in the cellar or bev is back in the toilet she was being bullied in and they're forced to somehow realize that their problem or the things from their past aren't their fault whereas in this one they just beat the shit out of a giant crab (laughs) do you know what i mean though like You could say that when you're a kid, you sort of, with your imagination and everything, you sort of externalise all these big bads of your life, and then as an adult, they're more internalised, so they end up dragged into this world inside their own minds. But in this one, it is just a massive crab with big googly eyes. (laughs) Uh,
0: I'd incorrectly described that as a spider as well, but crab is so beautifully spot
1: on. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he's some sort of skin-coloured <laughs> spider slash crab. I don't really yeah,
0: know. We're going to get into that, because I don't know what the fuck is going on at the end. But let's, let's get there. <laughs> Beverly is back in town now. And she's gone straight to her father's old house where she used to live. She knocks the door, and all the lady answers and tells her that you know her dad has been dead for five years, uh, but invites her in anyway. She ends up going into the bathroom where she had that, that blood incident when she was younger, uh, where the blood came up to a sink and she's sort of staring at it and she blacks out for like 25 minutes because that sink fills up from the droplets. And when she comes out, it's slowly revealed that the old woman who'd let her in is actually Pennywise kind of fucking with her. And then it becomes her dad and chases her through a house and fucking trying to... I mean, a kid kill her. I don't know what's going on here because she's well and truly trapped. But then she runs out of the house, gets away from it. I enjoyed this scene, but I do remember it being better in the the newer version of the movie.
1: Oh, yeah, and the new one, it's fantastic. But I was grateful that in this one, when she served tea, it's blood in a cup. Because I think in the book, it's a big cup of shit water, if I remember rightly.
0: Like, as in shit water, or just like, because the house no, no. is all rusty? Water, water like, with shit, with in, shit, in, shit it in it from the sewer, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. that makes sense, yeah, because he loves that fucking shit. I <laughs> was
1: glad they did the change to blood, because in the book, she also drinks a bit, I think. Mm. <laughs> not, not a deep dive, but just, I'm glad there wasn't shit.
0: See the book is always like this reference of what is better, and you know we've had all these things that are really sort of controversial about the book, like that, and where the the sex scene where they fuck as kids. But then you telling me that there's also a reference to a giant space turtle in the book, just also it brings me out of it a bit. Like I'm already you're already asking me to grasp it so much for Big Crab Clown, and you know get in with that. But then the 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 turtle as well, that's really thrown me.
1: I think nothing space related was needed for this to be a great story had he just being a terrestrial monster that manifests as a clown no issue with that i think i preferred the story before i found out there was more to it than just he's a murderous clown that wants to kill these children Mm. when he's some creature from outer space
0: yeah that that's i didn't like uh, that either no i'd prefer it be like some more thematic like it's just a collective sort of consciousness of, of children going through something and preying on them, and it's it's just all more hyperbole than it is real. But then, obviously, Stephen King likes to weave in all these things throughout all his books. They all have to be connected, so of course there's a space turtle. Of course, it is also other characters. Like, there's even theories that it is also... But, I can't believe I've forgotten the name of the character. In the Dark Tower, he is the Sorcerer Martin, or the... Um, This is where we would wish Sam
1: because I haven't read the Dark Tower books.
0: Well, he's in all of them as well. The guy in the stand as well, the bad guy in the stands, uh, people think that they're all the same character. There's there's always one antagonist throughout all the books and it's across this like multiversal plane, but really it's the same sort of enemy in all of them.
1: I think Stephen King's problem is... Too much cocaine. Yeah, in, in two different ways, he goes one or two lines too far every time.
0: Yeah, we were happy as is. That's why his books are so fucking long as well. I really enjoy his stories, but it, it, there's no edit. I don't know if we talked about this in the last episode or I if think this was we a covered private it, but chat. I'm
1: happy to just slag him off again. Because I also love his ideas, but...
0: Yeah, amazing. But then he has too many ideas. And it's, I was happy with the first one.
1: I just wish he had an aggressive editor who just went, yeah. Stephen, space turtle that can go.
0: I like them individually, but he refuses not to mash them all together. Like he has five ideas a day and he refuses to allow those to be separate books. They must all go on the same page.
1: I was watching um, him give a speech the other day where he was saying that he had the idea for it just when he was out on a walk, crossing a bridge and thought about the three billy goats gruff and what and was just thinking what if a monster came from under the bridge and grabbed me right now. And he just think, yeah, what if that, Stephen? What if just that? what if just a monster that would be fine but he has to just go and then there's a space turtle and then this monster came from space as well and okay okay sure
0: now we get the second strangest scene of the movie for me uh, for it being out of place and you didn't have notes on this but i need to mention it it is the scene of a chinese restaurant where for it's like eight to ten minutes they are just having a Chinese meal. They are sat around laughing and joking, like there isn't a killer clown yeah. out there, or fucking giant but, crab, or whatever. Wh- he is. Why?
1: Why is he? Why is he fucking with them in that moment? What is their crime, Evan? Enjoying a meal? It's not enjoying a, a succulent <laughs> Chinese meal. I see you know your judo. <laughs> Get your hands off my penis. <laughs> That's
0: a great, and, and it's again, it's weird. Like they're all laughing and joking, and there's like this music being played over it as they're faded out and it's like an opening to a 90s sitcom like the opening credits
1: can we discuss this friendship group though because i don't think any of these guys treat beverly very well they are weirdly handsy and kissy
0: they all treat her like they all did fuck in the first film, but yeah. we just didn't see it. But we yeah.
1: know they didn't because Eddie tells us later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that, 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 that orgy is not canon in this one. Not but in yeah. this. Bill, who is married, sees her for the first time in 30 years and instantly sticks his tongue down her throat.
0: Plants it in like, that's there. fine. Yeah. Everybody just, does. Everyone's
1: just kind of got their arms on her and round her and massaging her and it's just You're not all like this with the others. Why are you all doing this to her? You're not a weirdly tactile friendship group. (laughs) Just with her, you were... Stop it. It's making me uncomfortable.
0: But she doesn't mind, and that makes it more uncomfortable. That's because because she she went through
1: a lot of trauma as a child, and they are taking advantage of her. (laughs) They they know that as a kid, her dad either did rape her or or wanted to rape her. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe don't be touching her too much. Give a woman some space.
0: In don't um, stick maybe I your tongue down them. her
1: throat after seeing her.
0: If I were to defend these six men, I'd say they don't remember because of the town. And what a great, what a great place to be a lawyer.
1: I mean, Bill remembered that she lived in Poor Town. <laughs> Bill made sure to bring that up as soon. Beth lived here, didn't she? Because she was poor.
0: And, Mike, that's where you live now, isn't it?
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Well, now we're over to a, a character I thought played a lot bigger role in this second half, but isn't it, for two scenes barely, is Henry Bowers, the greaser boy from the first part who just wanted to murder all these kids. Greaser boy um, who
1: was aged 60 years in 30 years somehow. Yes.
0: I mean, he was older than the rest of them in the first one, but not Had quite by this back 30 massive years. degree. Yeah. <laughs> um, and here, Penny Va- Pennywise <laughs> via the moon convinces Henry to try and to kill the Losers Club. Uh, I- I'm not sure he really knows what's going on at this point. He is in a menstrual institution, menstrual a menstrual, a menstrual institution.
1: institution. Is that linked to the full moon? There's something <laughs> there. <laughs> but yeah, he does. He's have,
0: in a mental institution.
1: Pennywise doesn't seem to have the ability to affect adults in the first one, but now he can. When Eddie's in the pharmacy, he takes over Mister Keen and grabs Eddie's arm and starts telling him he needs to leave town. And he can affect Henry now. So is it a case of he can affect people who are? Mentally impacted in some way. Henry's fucking mental, and Mr. Keen has dementia of some sort. Is that it? I'm trying to figure out. I feel like well, his is powers he- are different now, and I don't know why.
0: A couple of like references throughout this. So let's try and piece them together here. Firstly, it's only the people well in this scene anyway. It's only the people who he's interacted with in the past who can actually see him. We don't actually know if he's controlling those other people in this moment, or if eddie is just hallucinating that the old guy is grabbing him and stuff like that that is why i presumed at this point but then very shortly on uh in this same institution when pennywise is helping henry escape yeah pennywise actually appears to a guard who presumably hasn't met him before and even appears to audra yeah because i was going to and- say
1: that the guard you might think well if he grew up here maybe pennywise fucked with him in some way but audra who is from a Completely different country shows up, and he appears to her as well. So I'm not sure what the rules are really. I mean, I think the children thing, to some extent, was just a personal preference or taste in terms of what he liked to eat, because he liked to salt it's the meat f- with fear. Fear, he loves. Yeah, and you can yes, really children scare is children
0: to scare. But I part of me wants to defend it in that, like, he has these powers. And just chooses to do things a certain well, yeah, there's way. No, there's no reason there's why he can't do sense. this.
1: It's just odd that it really now feels like it's it. shown that he can't do it for the first hour and a half. And then suddenly when he needs to, it's just, ah, oh, yeah, fuck it, he can do it now.
0: And it's very much harped on in this half that Derry and it are linked inextric- inextricably. Um, and that, like, he has almost the control over the town or at least in making them look the other way because like Bev has this encounter where he's being bullied by Henry and a guy sees it and walks away because like people are happy for violence to go on and the police never really get involved in crime. So lots of people in this half of the movie, are let's get away with murder. Sure um, I liked
1: that this whole, the town is it, the town is everyone. I'm oh, sorry though, it is it is affecting everyone in the town. I mean, what what's... What, what what are they saying there? That in order for them to overcome their trauma, trust no one ever again.
0: See, I liked it. If you think it, just from the physical perspective and not like the, the things that you're I being like taught to it's a really good time.
1: idea for part one when they're kids. Yes. Don't trust it's any like- of the adults. I'd be like, oh man, that's a cool aspect. But as adults going, all the adults are bad. Just go, eh.
0: If you think of it as a power where this fucking guy crash landed in the middle of a town and then all of a sudden his powers can extend to Mm. the the borders of that town, however big that is, fine. Uh, But, and maybe this is a good time to mention then since we're talking about it, at the end of the movie, when it is dead, the Mm. town still has that control over everyone. People yeah. start to forget again, and everybody... Like, they get away with murder because the police still don't investigate stuff, and everybody's still as apathetic as they were before. It's so not, the entity of the town and the entity of it are separate.
1: Yeah, it's not the happiest of endings, and... Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, I think I think I would have been more on board with it if it turned out that Mike had been turned in all those years, that they'd, that he, they'd been gone and he'd stayed there. Because apparently the town is affected by it and it is everyone in the town. So why isn't it Mike? If it had turned out that he'd brought them back to be fed to it, I'd be like, oh shit, cool twist. That would be excellent.
0: Uh, and I would have even enjoyed Mike in any part of the final act of this movie. <laughs> but he just gets stabbed and sits in a bed for the rest of it.
1: <laughs> Maybe because it, it was his plan to never be there all along because he works for it now.
0: And I love that. There is (laughs) no implication of that in the movie whatsoever. Did you see the scene where he cycled around with his buddy Bill? (laughs) (laughs) That implies the complete opposite. And the lovely Chinese meal they've just had. Sorry, succulent. (laughs) Yeah, so that wraps up with Pennywise and Henry. Nothing's confirmed yet. We're just re-establishing that relationship. Because Henry did try and kind of help Pennywise in the first half. Just by trying to kill the kids
1: yeah i feel like he was never aware of pennywise's existence though it was just kind of no some sort of thing talking to him in some way affecting his brain I think if that thing then appeared as a clown in the moon i'd go ah, okay
0: a clown's head the size of the moon <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe i am mental do mind
0: <laughs> i'd better stay here <laughs> if only Well, the Losers Club, they regroup at the library uh, and they try to to contact Stan. I've written his name correctly here. I don't know where a stew came from. (laughs) (laughs) This, And I was going to complain about this, but you saying that Richie uses this comedy to try and not deal with his emotions, it makes me feel a little bit better about this. But he's doing a lot of fooling around at this point. And I think it is still kind of jarring because... Everybody now is aware of Pennywise, and they're all aware each other yeah. are aware of Pennywise. And they that Chinese meal just ended off with Pennywise like uh, what, what turning meal? their fortune cookies, the succulent Chinese ah, meal. Cookies, sorry, yeah. I should be more specific. Each of their fortune cookies turned into some horrible little thing. For a lot of them, it was like eyeballs or little monsters and things like that. And one of them just got a cockroach, which isn't that far outside the realms of what could happen at a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> so you really pulled the fucking long straw there. It just feels so odd to me that he's joking about so much. But I I feel like it's the movie trying to trick us into forgetting that Stan has killed himself. Because there's a big reveal now that Stan has killed himself. But in terms of us watching it, if you've watched this whole thing all the way through all three hours, Stan just died for you. You just saw him kill himself in the bath. Now this scene is happening and they're telling you Stan is dead.
1: Just jumping back, I think we see the whole dealing with his problems through humour when he arrives for the succulent Chinese meal. Because he enters the room where they're gonna have the food, freaks, runs to the bathroom, stares in the mirror, kinda yeah, a slap yeah. around the face, get yourself together, and then goes in and just starts laughing and joking and trying to be the centre of attention. So I don't think I don't think I had a great idea. I think I just watched the film.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna take that out because you're selling yourself short, buddy. <laughs> Also, I feel like... I, th- I think this these two episodes were hindered by their structure, because that, that last one was all flashbacks and introductions, and then it ended up with them either coming to the town or, unfortunately, Stan killed himself. But I think if they'd saved Stan for now, and when Mike goes to call him, because he's calling him here to just see where Stan is, if this had been interlaced with, like, the other call, if we'd thought this call was the call to Stan, to recruit him it'd be much more impactful to have the flashback to see him kill himself and then cut back to present time and the hearing that stan it has would killed have himself.
1: made something happen in this film or this part of the film which would have been good everything belonged to part one so yeah us finding out stan had killed himself now and the um the one already filled in grave that pennywise showed bill at the start would have been like oh there's your answer Who's that? Yeah. Yeah. But now no.
0: <laughs> We know everything we've been told so far and we're 50 minutes in. Uh, we now get a flashback. This is so beautiful after we've just talked about this. We get a flashback to how Stan had an encounter with Pennywise 30 years ago. And again, this is sort of place. We've been told now Stan is dead twice. Why are we going back in time to see more about Stan? He is, is no he- longer important to this movie. Can I he-
1: appreciated this scene solely because in the last episode we we were slagging Stan off for seeing Pennywise once in a photograph and then just offing himself as soon as he heard Pennywise was back because it seemed like he had the easiest time of anyone. You're right. He saw You're a photograph right. move. That man would not have survived the 2000s. <laughs>
0: Okay, yeah. But,
1: but now we're told that he got trapped in a house with it. Yeah. Almost got captured. He he was the one who saw the deadlights, and that's why. Although we don't see him see the deadlights, we're told he saw the deadlights.
0: And he doesn't get a very scary interaction with it. Like it, It's a very goosebumpsy mummy. And
1: yeah, he runs out of the house. Luckily, Bill is there with the bike that definitely was in movie one. Oh, and,
0: definitely. Yeah. Long-running and, character.
1: And Bill says that he had to all like the wind. And then in the flashback, the kid who's playing Bill just isn't moving his feet at all.
0: Nobody gave him that note. But, no.
1: <laughs> I know I'm being pedantic and a, a bit nitpicky, but it amused me.
0: That's what we do. And you're right. Yeah, mentioning the deadlights here, because this is where all of a sudden everybody remembers the deadlights. But I don't think they're mentioned in the first part of this at no, all. No.
1: We see lights. We see floaty lights. Yes, yes. At the yes. very end, they turn Henry's hair white and kind of they somehow suck the greases into pipes.
0: Yeah, and I think it's only Eddie who sees that. Oh, was it Stan? Oh, it's Stan who sees that. He's the one who was kidnapped by Henry in that final scene. So that's when he would have seen the deadlights. It wasn't when he saw
1: Oh um, hey, look at us putting Pennywise the mystery together. The
0: yeah. Fuck, maybe this is a movie, bro. <laughs> Uh, Oh, so there's a bunch of fucking Pennywise stuff now. The the gang opened the fridge to find Stan's head in there. Uh, He's barking about the deadlights to really reinforce that this was definitely part of the first part. This, like, all leads to Bill's stutter coming back, which is all... Always welcome because it is always so far away from what a stutter is. I love it. Uh, but also, it's weird because I know this is, it's supposed to be showing that like these are regressing back into kids, so maybe it's it kind of weakening them to make them back into something he can feed on. But everyone else just acts like adults. And specifically, Ben doesn't seem afraid at all. He does not mind being back in town, having all these memories coming back, they're being a killer clown. And he had one of the worst times as a kid. Like, Henry carving his name into his stomach.
1: Well, I think in this version, he doesn't quite manage to do any carving. Unlike the more recent movie, oh, he just he kicked tries. Away. yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, it, it does sort of feel like some of the actors didn't really get told what they were doing at times.
0: Pe- pedal faster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or maybe they were just as confused and lost as we were at times, or we are at times watching this. How how, how am I meant to feel in this particular moment?
0: I feel like part one and part two were both written and filmed at a massive distance. It's either that or they realized this had to be a two-part miniseries and they didn't have enough content for the second half, so they just recycled or redid a lot of stuff we'd already seen.
1: It's that. It is that. Because they do everything in part one. They have the whole adventure. All the way from beginning to end, they do the whole thing. And then someone just goes, "Oh no, you didn't! You didn't really kill it." And they pop back, and then have to remember all of part one, which oh, yeah. we already saw. And then they just, <laughs> just go and just kill now. it. Now
0: yeah. we saw it. We saw it as part of this movie.
1: But they could show us all of part one, cut straight to the last twenty-five minutes of part two of them being told, like coming back and just killing it straight away, and we'd have missed nothing really, apart from a romantic little bike ride. Oh, yeah. Oh, I couldn't... Yeah. And we, I guess we you know, hear the that. name The Deadlights, and that sort of feeds into the fact that whenever they see the lights at the end, they just get frozen in place, but that is about it. All that is established in this point is if you see the lights, you stop functioning.
0: Yes, and I suppose that's also the point of Audra, who I think we're going to be getting to very soon, because the only reason that she has to be part of this is to, to show you in real time what those deadlights can do. So Pennywise visits Henry again in the visage of one of the dead greasers. He also has another power here, which is sort of conjuring a Stanley knife out of nowhere because he doesn't come in in like a physical form. He just (laughs) appears as this dead boy, hands Henry the Stanley knife, convinces him that he's going to help him get out. And then they both stand up. The guard comes in looking to beat down on Henry. Henry gets the knife out. So I think, oh, maybe, you know, he just somehow got the knife in and Henry's going to do a stabbing. But then Pennywise leans on behind him. The guard can see him. There's no pre-existing relationship. We did go over Uh, this a little bit. I really liked how Pennywise could show himself to adults, but I need a reason why he doesn't. And that is not touched on in this movie.
1: And bringing Henry back into the story doesn't really feel necessary. We're told that he's needed because Pennywise can only take care of them. He can take care of them if they only half believe, but they need to believe And it's like, well, they believe. We know they believe. You don't need some guy with a knife. They are already shit scared.
0: And this could have been the start of this part of the movie, to be fair. Because if Henry was being used to split the group up so Pennywise could target them one by one. If he'd have have been a part where they. Yeah, and cool stuff. Yeah, but Henry dies very soon after this.
1: (laughs) If he'd have been out on their little individual adventures, reminiscing about old times, dividing and conquering, then yeah, but he comes in after they've all united gets broken out of prison, shows up, shanks Mike, dies. <laughs> and all Mike lives. Ten minutes.
0: Yeah. Oh Mike Mike's fine. Yeah.
1: Mike <laughs> just gets to skip the ending. <laughs> Mike misses the seafood buffet at the end. i but... will <laughs> <laughs> get
0: to that. <laughs> the gang are all together, they go over Uh, A lot of the stuff we covered in the first part. Pennywise has a 30-year cycle, uh, and they also kind of harp on the unusual trajectory of their lives, how only together they were able to fend off it, how each of them... This is stuff we mentioned in the first part, by the way, and it's just being mentioned now, how they were all successful after leaving apart from Mike, who stayed at home, and they also mentioned that none of them have kids, which is more likely because they all had fucked-up childhoods. But all this is set up which I I really like. They're fantastic questions, but they're not answered. And I wrote here, but I don't think they're going to be answered. I think they're just saying all the stuff they know will think when we
1: watch this. And then that's it. Mike says you guys all went away and became big time breadwinners. Okay. Uh, Because? Go on. (laughs) Tell me why. Because uh, we had different ideas of it last time. I thought maybe he was hinting that that maybe was Pennywise's way of keeping them away, like you said in the yes, last one? yeah. Or is he saying that the sort of people who carry no trauma from their childhood, psychopaths and sociopaths, are the sort of people who will succeed in life?
0: But nothing is confirmed or denied. This is the end of this. It's just another case of Stephen King pointing out things that are all weird. Look, look how weird all these things are. Anyway, Audra <laughs> arrives at a gas station outside of town. This is Bill's girlfriend, by the way, or wife, whatever she is. Uh, She's like helping him produce a movie. They live outside the country. That is
1: his wife, Bill, who was just making out with a woman he hasn't seen in 30 (laughs) years, like 10 minutes Just
0: sucking in the breath of Beverly. (laughs) She pulls up to the gas station. She asks the the gas attendant how far away from Derry she is. And he says, you're just 500 meters from the the border of the town. And then he starts to become more penny wisey and his eyes start to glow. And this is the first time of us seeing the deadlikes in action which is like astoundingly different from the first part where they are free floating balls that can manipulate the human form into pipes (laughs) and in this one it's a power that emanates from the body where you freeze and like your mind is slowly sucked away where you can be put in a little room for later and i don't want to mention it now but the solution to fixing you is fucking wild But we'll get there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's an experimental procedure that is performed in order to fix that (laughs) issue. Imagine if the whole it has affected everyone in the town thing meant that he had to just get one person after the other from the town. Can I spoil how he fixes it? Uh,
0: Sure, we might as well do it now. He puts them on the front
1: of his bike and then just rides fast into traffic specifically into traffic the traffic is required that the possibility of death is needed
0: yeah so he he draws it back to running away from something so evil so fast to get away from it that's what he did with stan famously earlier on uh he got away from it on the bike super fast so maybe by some transference of property it would work if you'd be dead lighted and let's explain the kind of state she's in she is she's a vegetable she's catatonic yeah she, she can move around and you can put can her in she? positions stuff. Yeah, but yeah, well, she was sat down, and she, like, stands up with him and everything. She can take orders, okay. but she cannot contribute. Uh, so he pops her on the bike, and she sits there just fine, and they just go down this, what looks like a 25% grade hill, mm-hmm. and that she stopped, solves the problem. He stops halfway down it, somehow managing to, to break the bike in the middle of all the traffic, and she's like,
1: Bill, <laughs> where am I? The, the best I could take from it, if you were to give it a reason for working, is that he believed that it would work. And belief seems to be a huge part of this story. He is convinced this will work, so it works.
0: What I'm struggling with, I can accept that, but I don't know why he believes. Because so he's believed so them from little everything all the way through. Yeah, But this second part, all they're believing fails. That's why they lose against... It. We'll get there. Okay, let's pick this back up <laughs> when they fight it, because... This is important to that because they do not defeat him by believing this time. (laughs) So they're all at the hotel together. Uh, They just have this big discussion and Ben, Mike and Eddie all go upstairs to fetch some things from their rooms. They like make this little pact to come back out in three minutes max and you have to leave your doors open because they know that Pennywise attacks you when you're on your own. Henry is just in the hotel and he attacks Mike whilst he's in his room and he stabs him with the the little knife. Uh, And at the same time, Ben is in his room and Beverly comes in and starts thanking him and praising him for the poem that he wrote in the first part of the movie that she thought originally Bill had written. And there's this sexy little kiss scene and then slowly it's revealed that that is actually Pennywise. And it's so fucking funny. Like this kiss smudges all the way up Pennywise's face, this makeup all over Ben's face. And then Pennywise says something I can't actually say into a podcast. It's very good. And...
1: D- say say it to me, because I can't remember, and then edit it out. Because I can't remember what he says. Uh, uh, <laughs> Give me a kiss, fat boy! But oh, on fat people, if we're going to talk about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben and Eddie get in to save Mike from Henry, who just happens to get stabbed in the saving process, and the Loser Club take him over to the hospital.
1: Yeah. And they're all kind of waiting outside. I just love... Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I love that two of them show up late, and then Bill goes... Mike's going to be all right. And then the doctor's just like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's
0: just trying to believe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just some exasperated doctor. Just, I never said that. He could still Where die. did he hear that? <laughs> 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 I just believe, he doctor. He just stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, doctor. I'm going to put him on the front of my bike. <laughs> it kills oh. stab wounds and mental trauma. It's fine.
0: Oh, before we get to the bit with Mike and Bill anyway, Bev and Ben have a a little discussion outside where Bev realises that Ben, I know it seems like we just did this, where Ben wrote the poem from when they were a kid, Autumn Fire, that she thought Bill had previously written. And I was fucking positive, positive that they were going to do an old Trixie on us again, the old switcheroo. I and then, it was gonna be Pennywise, that would have and been they could just so do it good. two, three, four more times. And Ben keeps fucking falling for it every time. <laughs> I fucking would love that.
1: That would have made this part far more interesting. <laughs> ben just falls for it every single time. But it just—it is insane that at this point we are—we have less than thirty minutes left in the movie. Yeah, that's including credits, and we're at the start of day two. All this has been a day, We're at the morning of day two, and they're all just still standing around kind of going, what's happening? Why is the clown so mean? What do we do? There's no plan. No one's thought of anything. No. In no one li-
0: will it be for a while yet.
1: <laughs> in, in the book, there's a ritual. I don't think it works, but there's a whole thing they work up towards doing. In this one, it is just, just go kick the shit out of it in the sewers, I guess.
0: Well, that's not even their plan, but we're going to get to it. That's that's not what they intend to do. <laughs> okay. Bill goes in to see Mike, who reveals that he'd gone back to the sewers at certain time in the last 10 years to retrieve, you remember the little knickknacks, the silver knickknacks? They, mm-hmm. they sniped Pennywise within the first one. He went to, to find those in case they needed them again because he never really believed that Pennywise was dead. They'll go back to the hotel. Bill says here that the whole town is, by some factor, Pennywise, or at least affected by him. Like, he has control over what's going on, at least to some degree. Oh, they'll check out. Again, they're all leaving now, even though Mike has just been stabbed. Everybody is convinced they're leaving. And it's not until Bill, like, is on the way out, and I I think maybe he sees Georgie, but from the back, it just looks like a kid and an older lady playing the piano. And then he does this whole speech, like this incident has convinced him to stay. And then he convinces everyone, apart from maybe Richie, that they've got to stay. It's just like they've realized that we only have 20 minutes left. So I
1: suppose we've got to get a plan. Yeah, they got to this part and went, oh, everyone's leaving. We need to find a way to convince them to stay. (laughs) How did we end up here, guys? Maybe we get Pennywise to point out that he's taken a hostage that he took for some reason. Seeing as though even though he wanted them to leave, not stay, he stole Bill's wife. Now we'll just have Bill's mum playing fur release in the in the in the hotel.
0: When did we? When did Bill learn that? Audra had been taken
1: bill learns after they've already decided to go fight it they get into the sewers and then he sees oh, he her finds bag. The
0: bag right okay yeah. so i remembered that but I, I i didn't know if that was part of the reason he wanted he to go back but no it's
1: idea that his wife's been taken pennywise didn't advertise this at all
0: so there is absolutely no reason for her to be in this movie
1: dinner i guess she is literally just to be eaten
0: <laughs> but why he doesn't That's eat adults he eats kids <laughs> what is happening does anybody know? I suppose the giant turtle. <laughs> <laughs> well, well they, they all head to the sewers. Like, there's a bit of convincing Richie to finally go in, but he does. Pennywise does this whole speech once they get to that central chamber uh, about them not being able to defeat him. They should really go. Really, they they have to go. He, he does say something cool. He says, you won't be able to see me. You'll only see what your tiny minds will allow you to see. Uh, which I like that mythology about it that he isn't a physical entity he is like a reflection I mean, of your fears he
1: is he's a giant crab
0: but we very soon learn that is not true in All like, this the reminded next line me of dialogue
1: was the do you remember the key peel sketch where the serial killer gets chased into a hole of mirrors I think so and he's saying you can't see me detective and then every and he's shooting the mirrors and then every time the gun actually passes over the serial killer he flinches <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you come in here, you won't be able to see me.
0: (laughs) What's very much what's going on? Because Bill's next words are: he he knows that it has to take a physical form every thirty years in order to feed. Absolutely no idea where he's got that from, but it is now being put into the movie.
1: Yeah, they don't do the research they did in the book. It seems in order to find all this stuff out, like the silver bullet thing, apparently made a lot more sense in the book because he's taken the form of a werewolf to scare Stan when they shoot him. And a werewolf is weak to silver bullets. That's why it works.
0: And that's something I think we discussed in the last episode, that yeah. he but could have, like by taking on the form of something, he could also have those weaknesses.
1: But in the, in the first part of this movie, he's just a clown that gets shot in the head. He's not in a werewolf form in any way.
0: No, but clowns are also susceptible to bullets. It just didn't have to be silver. <laughs> <laughs> Across the board, clowns can be shot, for the most part.
1: But yeah, They head into his lair? Cave oh yes, yes. so
0: they go beyond this to a, a very obvious lair. It's a tiny wooden you door help. surrounded by skulls. He's
1: made himself a tiny, two-foot-tall wooden door, like he's a fairy tale creature.
0: None of his forms have been that small. All of them, that would be an inconvenience. And I can see why the fucking giant crab can't get out of there. Like well, he can only be that in there. Oh, but before we go in, Stan stops everyone. Oh, sorry, no, Stan's dead, everybody. Eddie stops everyone and he's like, just before we go in and fight this villain, I'm still a virgin. And then they go in and fight the villain.
1: It has absolutely no impact on the story whatsoever. It just makes the fact that he dies two minutes later even more sad. Why did they have to throw that in?
0: Oh, shit, did he actually die? I assumed he got away. Oh, I he's yeah. really speeding through his end part.
1: Eddie just goes, I've never had sex, by the way, guys, just in case you were wondering, and then just dies in the next scene. Oh, thanks for adding. Were they worried that we wouldn't feel anything? Yeah. If we didn't feel a little bit sad for the virgin who died. <laughs>
0: Um, Well, it doesn't work because I didn't give a shit. I didn't even know he died. (laughs) The gang all walk into the lair uh, and they... It's very different to the newer films where everybody's floating in the air like fucking it always says. In this one, they are webbed against the walls and it's kind of a spider's web scenario. It all looks like they're mostly, at least like they're still conscious, but they're being fed on over time because we see... Audra there. Her eyes are open, but you know, fucking no lights are on. And this is where Pennywise is big. I did put spider, but Carla's much closer to the the right answer, which is crab, scuttles up the rocks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, scuttles up the rocks, and then we see a human skull on the floor, and the fuck comes down, and just kind of plonks on the skull and the skull rolls away and i'm convinced they it was meant to be crushed but it just didn't work and they went ah fuck it i'll do we can't do another one
0: yeah so let's describe the how they've achieved the crab as well this is where they've run out of money it could have been a very impressive claymation but it was a well i assume by the oh, rolling away skull a very small model that could not break things it, it is not in any way
1: impressive and we saw some impressive claymation in part one, where he comes up in the, the school the pavement.
0: Oh, the showers in rather, the school yes. showers, yeah. So, yeah, amazing.
1: Maybe you're right, and it is a budget thing, and that's why they're literally just fanning around on bikes for an hour.
0: Even if it being a big crab was a disappointment to you, it is completely overshadowed by how shit this looks, uh, <laughs> and I mean, then even further overshadowed by how they're about to kill him.
1: Yeah, it just doesn't feel like adults confronting their problems when it's
0: adults confronting a giant crab yeah. Conf- no it's not quite the same
1: thing <laughs> a giant crab with a shiny eight pack
0: <laughs> yes yeah, so the, the, like the deadlights felt like they were meant to be more but in this case it is just on the underbelly of the crab are these big deadlights which he does not need it is a giant crab it could just kill all these fucking people but it doesn't it traps three of the blokes in the deadlights. And then it picks up Eddie and crushes his tiny little... Virgin body. Virgin body, thank you. Uh, succulent body. And <laughs> Bev goes around the back. They do try some stuff first. like They try stuff from the end of the first movie where they do the, the battery acid from the inhaler and they try shoot at the head. Neither of those things work. Maybe it's because they don't believe or maybe because he's a giant crab now. Who knows? And then Beverly goes around the back, gets a good shot on the deadlight section, shoots one it injures the crab enough for it to run away it starts running back into like this back section of the cave where there's a big big old puddle of green ooze and it tries to crawl back in which is where i assume it lives and then before it can get there four normal people with no powers who have just been proven to not believe to be able to kill this giant crab just start Kicking the fucking yeah. shit out of it.
1: What is the um book where there's the kids stuck on an island?
0: Lord of the Flies. Lord,
1: that's all this reminded me of. The way they hunt this thing down and pummel the shit out of it like they are starved and then rip his heart out and raise it above their heads like they've gone feral what's the i don't understand I, what I, the I, I, I was
0: dumbfounded there is none this is just they wrote themselves into a corner in true stephen king fashion there was no editing so you have to stick with what you've got and then they're tearing apart having this seafood bu- seafood buffet like you said and they, they rip it tight. they raise it above the head and it, it looks dead i guess they leave the movie ends with mike doing this like monologue about how everybody ended up i did think eddie was part of that monologue but clearly he is dead and is being left in the sewer it works out for everybody everybody apart from like we mentioned bill and Audra until they're fine
1: yeah i then i do feel like he gave the most depressing monologue where he's just saying everyone just started to forget we all started to forget each other and Audra's is now a complete vegetable (laughs) and then someone immediately read that and went we can't Fucking end it like that! What kind of ending is this? And then they just stuck in this weird bike scene where they go, and then Bill fixed Audra. By the way, the end.
0: But then the movie ends with the laugh, Pennywise's laugh. So that's really what I've been looking forward to discussing with you. Do you think Pennywise is dead, or do you think he allowed them to think he was dead so he could continue what he was doing? Because it, it laughs as the credits roll, and it could just be an accoutrement to what they thought was a brilliant fucking movie. Or maybe this insinuates that even them killing him then was all in their heads, or maybe he can't die and you can come back and you can kick the shit out of him in whatever form he takes and he'll still keep coming back, baby.
1: I hope he's dead because this version particularly, I hope he's dead. I love Tim Curry, but he's he's out of ideas. Part two, it is has had 30 years and has no more ideas than part one, It, so... Of uh, no interest in a part three. It coming back and doing anything
0: when they're seventy. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> when they're seventy and Henry Bowers is a hundred and fifty.
0: <laughs> I like to think that he's still alive, and this just was a way of getting rid of oh. them for good. Or maybe he he can't be killed, and he is. You know, the, him being this corporeal form was just something them believing he was it was just projected on him you know he is also subject to what people believe but he persists beyond once they you know he's not impacted by them anymore once they go he can be whatever he he needs to be for someone else like a fucking evil santa claus
1: i think he's gone and dead but his impact remains dairy remains Mm. a fucking miserable shit dump there isn't that a sudden the high street returns to this happy, Something. it's just everyone still hates each other. No, like the police, like you said earlier, still suck at their jobs and don't care.
0: Yeah, and this is confirmed. They confirm it at the end of this movie, the town is unchanged by yeah. it leaving.
1: So I think it's more he is gone, but he, yeah, the damage that he did still remains within the town. So that's not going to be fixed. Unless everyone gets on Bill's bike individually <laughs> and rides into traffic.
0: It's funny that that last scene is nowhere near as beautiful as the scene between Mike and Bill. <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah, I, I don't know if Derry... I know it's mentioned in other Stephen King's works, but I don't know if it it's also part of their content. But I think it is one like Castle Rock, where a lot of stuff goes on there. It's more than it. So I don't know if the town is like an entity outside of what we have. This movie takes place in its own universe, so I don't know. I, a lot of unanswered questions in this. I really thought I didn't like the first part. I'm sure that's the way I left it, left it at the end of the last episode. Oh. But by comparison, I'm <laughs> um, leagues between them. Yeah. Uh, the first one, even though I felt like nothing happened, by showing me a movie where nothing truly does happen, <laughs> apart from four people wail on a big crab, yeah, that, that first part is great. I'm looking retrospectively on that very, very fondly.
1: It reminded me a lot of another Stephen King-based movie, uh, Stand By Me. Have you seen Stand By Me? I for... haven't,
0: but I'm very aware of it.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. But that children's adventure and bonding and all of that. It, it, uh, but this just, oh, are we are we on the question?
0: Should we do it? Yeah, Should we so, get okay, Evan,
1: why do you think this was shit, do you?
0: Well, we very much detail covered why. But the the, the major point is too many questions are raised and very little of them are answered. I'm happy with some stuff being left to me. I like to build stuff about characters in my mind and, you know, let them be headcanon. But if you're going to say shit like, why are you all successful when you left and I stayed here? give me the answer
1: because it, it, it's i feel like, like I telling went out the of my start way. of a joke and not giving you the punchline
0: yes oh it's all set up this yeah. all set up and mm. just no come man i didn't come through this <laughs> i think though you know in big picture i still think it is a good movie i've watched this as a whole many times and always enjoyed it and i'm a little annoyed now that i've watched it in two halves and i'm aware that there is one better half but Everybody online agrees that the major criticism of this at the time and now is this second part just fucking sucks ass. And now I can see why. (laughs) So, Carl, you think this was good, do you?
1: Oh, mate, mate, mate. And I'm annoyed because (laughs) I feel like I really bigged up the first part. I really enjoyed watching the first part. I kept messaging you with how surprised I was with how good this movie was. I've been looking forward to doing this. And we had to delay a couple of times. And then I finally got round to watching it and nothing happens, really. And when stuff does happen, it just feels like the first half but worse.
0: Just stuff they left out of the first half but jammed into this half just to have more content.
1: Nothing evolves, nothing changes because they're adults, which I feel like is really missing. Yeah. Fuck you. (laughs) For
0: me. <laughs> no. um, what else can you say about it we uh, to be I feel fair like we've been saying, this whole we, we, episode was yeah do we think it was good do we and and uh, no it clearly we we don't i love tim curry i think it was a detriment to the movie that they didn't have more of him doing his stuff which i know there is footage of like uh I, you mentioned this before the podcast uh, before we recorded uh, i might have mentioned it last time but there is a documentary on amazon prime about the making of it and very much the theme of that is tim curry was like that nobody was sure that he was the right choice and then he did a bunch of stuff and they were all like that is excellent but some somehow we still ended up with what we got but the uh, fact and that, it just doesn't make sense
1: the fact that they made a documentary about this straight to tv movie mm. in 2022 32 years later kind of shows that there's enough interest to release the tim curry cut yeah so i imagine yeah.
0: though this is one of those cases where that footage doesn't exist anymore because whatever fucking company made this probably doesn't exist did they keep their archives this was shot on film i don't think it's hanging about somewhere i'd pray it is but i'm sure there was stuff. it needed to be weirder this and they didn't go weirder they went tackier that i've mentioned some of the crab the crab man what yeah. was that about what what it it was supposed to mean something as the the, the pivotal point of it all and it meant nothing
1: we were just seeing i assumed we were just seeing its true form when it wasn't taking all the many different forms but it was just and a, that was my a crab. memory
0: of it but everybody in the movie kept saying the deadlights is the actual form but then when you see it it's just a crab with a shiny belly <laughs> oh well i think we've tortured you enough with our opinion of this second half of a very long movie well wow. thank you very much for joining us and thank you carl for suffering through this with me i do appreciate it i've still had a good time regardless of how fucking awful that was <laughs> and i can't wait for an episode where we don't end this way don't forget to follow us over on our socials at say so think Pod on twitter and instagram follow our youtube channel so you think that was good to you please do leave us a five-star review and please tune in for next week when we will be watching 2012's excision the latest movie we've ever done i believe i don't think we've done anything in the tens no no i think you're right Yeah.
1: recommended by our one and only fan
0: yes thank you hannah Uh, until then goodbye
1: goodbye